Hey, welcome back to E-Crime Bites. This is Season 2, Episode 9. This is the concluding act, Act 4, The Punishment. Now, if you haven't watched Act 1, 2, or 3, and you're jumping in now, and I know I'm looking at you on YouTube because I know a lot of times you'll find things just randomly on YouTube and you'll jump in on Act 3 and go, what the hell is this guy talking about? We have other acts that you should watch, and I'm going to link now if you're watching this on YouTube where you can go back and watch Act 1 and watch this whole thing in order, and it'll make a lot more sense. But the real quick tour is we have a couple, Kenneth Anim, or Neem, depends on how you pronounce it. Seth and I have been talking about this. I've been going back and forth on it. It's spelled A-N-I-M. You should. It's in the title there, if you, even not for audio listeners. So Kenneth and his first wife, who had four children with him, she's now an ex-wife. He has a new wife who he has an additional child with. His first wife helped him with romance scams and elderly scams. And together, they took $5.3 million from their victims. And it wasn't like they took it from a couple people and it went into one account. It was a pretty complex scheme where they had a bunch of accounts with fake shell companies that opened the accounts. And they'd have the victims send money to these different accounts. And victims, it ranged from anywhere from $1.1 million down to about $1,000. With the bulk of the victims landing between $25,000 and $100,000. That was the sweet spot range there. So we're back to Act 4, which is punishment, because we left you with them being charged and arrested. Well, now we have Kenneth pleading guilty, and he pled guilty on April 27th of 2023, which is just a few months ago, if you're watching this near when we recorded it. Uh, He only... Play guilty to one count, which is count two. This is illegal money transmitting business. Now, in this plea, the government and Anim agree the loss is 5.3 and some odd change million dollars. That's how I came up with this figure throughout this is at the end, they both said, yep, yep. That's how much he stole from people. So (laughs) that's why we know that number. Now, when they were looking at sentencing for this crime, This crime is looking at a max of five years and a $250,000 fine. And we go back to our past episode, Seth. And I go, remember the four years for several million dollars? And then there was four years for only like, what, maybe like tens of thousands of dollars. Well, we're talking five years max for $5.3 million, which seems... It's not a real bad trade-off as far as our episodes go. Yeah, so let's hear all about what he actually got. So July 31st of 2023, which was literally last month when we recorded this, we got the sentencing. So the defendant is hereby committed to the custody of the Federal Bureau of Prisons to be in prison for a total term of 60 months. So that's five years. Yep. And on top of that, he'll get three years of supervised release, which is fairly consistent. But let's get into the sentencing. So what's interesting here is the restitution of $2.23 million here. And that's really just adding up all the different names of the payees or the victims um, and how much they individually lost. And if you recall, we talked about this earlier. One of the victims uh, had, you know, um, 
loss of over $1.1 million, with the next one being over $309 million, $309,000 rather, excuse me. The following one was $168,000, and the other ones were all under $100K, but still nothing light. The lowest one was over $25,000. I should have one person, $1,500. She got off cheap. So you add it all up, and they are asking for restitution of $2.3 million. Why not the whole $5 million? I'm not sure. Maybe it was already spent. Could- it, from what I understood, they couldn't identify the victims. So this is his restitution to people they could identify that he right. stole money from. Understood. They know, and they agreed upon 5.3. So we know there's, this isn't even half of what right. it was that he scammed out of people that he has to pay restitution on. I'm going to argue he probably will never, ever be able to pay in his life unless he does some other criminal activity because there's so much money. Agreed. Okay, so we're at the end of the case. All right, so final thoughts on this. Now, like we said, that was his sentencing. It was just like a month ago. No word on ex-wife's case at all. Like, I couldn't find anything that says, you know, we're considering this or that. There's just, it's kind of silent. So my thought was, well, maybe they use that to kind of pressure him to make a plea deal. Maybe it will just kind of go away for his wife and they won't end up actually charging her and it will just stay like in the indictment phase, which it can do. I bet that it's not that. I bet that. Well, don't forget, if he rolled over relatively quickly and caught to a plea and the sentencing was only, what, you know, a month or two ago, we're only, you know, we're recording this in mid of uh, September. I suspect that we're not done with Akua Dufi's case yet. Um, I also wonder if she's implicated in other crimes. So we'll keep up on this and we'll, we'll update people as we learn more about it. As it, being that they charged her second and later, it seemed really weird that it, they kept naming co-conspirator throughout, but then at the last moment they charged her and then he pled. So it's kind of like, all right. So um, also we're talking about millions of dollars here. Millions, w- one, one person, millions of dollars, one scammer, millions of dollars. Now you see why the scam never ends. It, it it produces so much money for the scammers that why would they ever stop doing it as long as they don't get caught, right? Now, here's the thing. In all these cases, all of them, the victims gave away millions of dollars without ever meeting a real physical person. That here, that's kind of one of those. We tried to give you the... If you do this, it'll protect yourself. This is one of those things where the verification process, this is really the only protection you're going to have against a scammer like this. And even then, it's kind of hard because they're going to claim, oh, I'm in a different country or my camera's broken or a million different reasons why they can't meet. But if you really, you know, let's say you love a person, if that person can't meet you, that's that's a big red flag. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I Like I said, I just find the elderly side of this to be especially heinous. Um, like I said, I mean, I think both of us have relatively elderly parents um, and it's, uh, you know, you can see how easily they can be taken advantage of. I feel like my father has been kind of scammed uh, on some of this more than once. And moreover, you know, I think he's been scammed generally like, you know, he he'll get a random, you know, uh, politically motivated ad and, you know, do a deep dive into that and be like, I saw this on the news. I'm like, that wasn't really news dad. so I just feel like, you know, for various reasons. Um, just because I guess of a lack of sophistication, 
um, for some people, not all, obviously old people are lack of, are not sophisticated on technology and what can come out of that, but many of them are. And that's why that's a whole sub industry. I find that to be really, really awful. And I'm pretty sure that was probably one of the reasons that didn't go documented, uh, and what was available and to why he got five years for a relatively modest amount compared to what we've seen other people have stolen 10, $20 million and gotten less time. If you're a listener on here and you're going, I would never fall for this thing. Well, I think there's there's a perfect storm of some things that have to happen in order for you to be a victim. Now, if I can relate this to my personal life, I'm going to pick on my fucking mother for a moment. My mother was convinced that goddamn autocorrect was the cell phone towers changing your text messages as it's being sent to somebody else. I think she still believes that. I mean, we're talking like years and you go, oh my God, that sounds horrible. Yes, this is what you're talking about. You 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 prey upon somebody that doesn't understand technology and say things like, oh, cryptocurrency, it's what everybody's using. It's not, it's not to be alarmed at all. Or hey, send gift cards, it's totally normal. If you're trying to convince a person that already thinks cell phone towers change your text messages and it's not this thing called autocorrect, your convincing is not going to be, you're not going to have to put that much energy into it, right? No, no. Indeed not. So, yeah, take that take that for what it's worth when you think, oh, you know, how could people get scammed? There are people out there that believe things that you would go, that just doesn't seem believable. And scammers can prey upon that. And my, you know, my mom hasn't been scammed on that one, but, you know, probably pretty easily could be. And she wouldn't know the difference, Seth. Yeah, I mean... For me, it's and we deal with this at work. I mean, we constantly get phishing, um, you know, kind of little tests to see, you know, if uh, people are picking up on phishing emails. And you'd be surprised people still fall for it. Uh, if you're seeing strange, so I mean, so a little bit of practical advice for those who need it or are interested. If if there's lots of spelling errors that shouldn't be, it might be Jason Lydell. No, I'm kidding. Um, it could <laughs> likely be. It could likely be, um, you know, a scammer. Especially, you know, if somebody claims to come from a different country, because most people I know from a different country speak better English than people who are from America. Um, you know, if, if it seems too good to be true, it is. If it's involving sending money to get money, it's it's bullshit. Uh, if it involves moving things like plutonium or platinum or other kind of precious metals, gold, it's probably bullshit. Although there are exceptions, I guess, unless you're Razzle Khan, we'll get to that. Um, so I just feel like, you know, use your best judgment here, but if it's coming through the internet, you know, we should automatically have a little bit of saltiness to it and be like, well, wait a second. All right. Um, and I think, you know, just being a little bit of vigilant, uh, more than you might need to be is always better than trusting everybody. And this is where the elderly thing really throws me off as being as egregiously awful. With that, I think it was a good episode, uh, Jones, and I hope that everyone enjoyed and learned a little something. Well, you know, you mentioned Jason Lydell, and it just happened today. I was doing research, and for all listeners and watchers out there, if you haven't noticed yet, I put the transcripts, I go through by hand, and I do all the closed captions, so I try to make them as accurate as possible. Well, one of the benefits to this is all the transcripts are in my blog. So whenever I'm looking for something or wondering if we talk about something in a particular episode, I can very quickly search my blog. And today I just happened to be looking for something on Jason Lydell. And it took me forever because we mentioned Jason Lydell 
in so many episodes. Anytime anybody spells anything bad, we're like, oh my God, that guy's as bad as Jason Lydell. So <laughs> he's definitely one of our running jokes now, Seth. I'm okay with that. Yeah, definitely. All right. How do you reach us? Well, you can go to our website, ecrimebytes.com. And I'm not going to keep spelling it out every episode. It's just ecrimebytes, spell the computer way, with Y as in yellow milk. How about that? Dot com. You can get to all our social media there. Now, whatever application that you're listening to or watching us on, please like and subscribe there. Specifically for an Apple podcast, though, give us a five-star review and tell us whatever episode it is that was your favorite. With that, oh my God, do I have a preview for, for next week, Seth? This one is episode 10 of season two, and it's called the Bitfinex. That's the name of a company. It's called the Bitfinex Bitcoin Heist with Dutch and RazzleCon. And if you're watching this, and this is why you need to watch this if you can, we have the picture of Dutch and RazzleCon here. And you're probably like, what the fuck? It's this young couple together, and they're they're humorous looking together. She's throwing up gang signs, I would say. And she is a rapper, and they steal some Bitcoin. And it's a pretty interesting heist, and we're going to walk you through from the beginning to the end, and you're going to learn some pretty fun stuff about this couple. You would also so with might that, put, put her into the category of uh, worst rapper ever. Um, we thought it was bad when we heard some of Big Rig Baby stuff. This is a whole new level of bad. Yeah. I told, I, I text Seth while I was researching this and I said, Razzle Khan makes Big Rig Baby look like Dr. Dre. That was a quote. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with that, hope you come back and join us. I, I, we're not going to be playing a rap, so don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Do come back for our humor. We will be doing that part. So come back next week with episodes that, 10. It's Bitfinex Bitcoin Heist with Dutch and Razzlecon. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.